is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Team. All right, hope it was a successful week seven for you. Welcome to week eight. This is the waiver wire show on this Tuesday morning. October 24th, Adam Azer, Jimmy Eisenberg, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, we want you to play your fantasy football on FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. And new users are getting free entry into the NFL Sunday Million. You get a free chance to win some money, over a million dollars in cash prizes. Make that first deposit on FanDuel. Use the code CBSPOD, and that's void where prohibited. CBSPOD, the code. Hey, who would have thought, guys, that... The number one quarterback and the number one tight end. It's not Brady to Gronk. It's Wentz to Ertz through seven weeks. How about that? How many team name Tuesdays can we come up with from that duo? Uh, uh, A lot. Wentz to Ertz. What am I missing here? Some, some. They just, you know, you could make words out of Wentz and Ertz. Ertz, Ertz. Ertz a lot. Yeah, we get Ertz a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But. Kind of done with team name Tuesday. I think I think we're retiring it for the rest of the year. I don't I don't think you have a problem with that. It hurts Wentz Eifert. That that one, yep, that's a popular one. Ertz and Eifert are always always. I thought I just come up with that. You did not come up with that, but because I put Wentz in the middle. I don't think you came up with that. I mean, if you did, it's still pretty unoriginal because we've gotten a lot of it. Ertz when Eifert. I mean, it's at least thirty three percent original. That's true. If that's what you're striving for, congratulations. All right. Let's start out with the waiver wire and then get into the game from last night. Also, the game from Sunday night, uh, the Fog Bowl. What do you think of that camera angle? It was awesome. Cool. I you wish they it? had more games like that. Yes, they should all be like that. They should not all be like that. I think it would get pretty old, but it was cool. Maybe, maybe mix it in a little bit more. All right, I'm by this week. A lot of teams. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay. Arizona, the Rams, and the Giants. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, Arizona, the Rams, and the Giants. Are you freaking out about the week week eight by NATO? No. You don't freak out, but you're going to probably start some players you can't believe you're starting. Yeah, Because I ranked some players true. I couldn't believe I was ranking. You didn't have a lot of choice. Yeah. Next two weeks are going to be tough. So we'll do what we did last week. Give me your top three priorities at each position instead of overall. We can expand on it a little bit later. Who wants quarterback? I think there's really only one quarterback that people are going to go and grab for this week, and it's Andy Dalton. Okay. Yeah, he he is by far and away the best choice, the only one that you might be picking up for multiple weeks. I guess I could just give you – I could do quarterback and give you my three streamers for the week. Go for it, Heath. Uh, Andy Dalton is like number one, one A, one B, every, like, get Andy Dalton. But if he's not available, I like a bounce back week for Case Keenum. And I like Josh McCown chasing the scoreboard against Atlanta. Okay. You like him over Matt Moore? I do. I, I'm, I think Matt Moore might be better if he gets to play the rest of the season, but I don't like Matt Moore on a short week on the road. I'm not really interested. Without in Devontae Parker. I mean, he did it last week with De- without Devontae Parker. Oh, Parker doesn't matter for him. No. I think so. He, he likes Kenny Stills more anyway. Based on that. I, I have it, Adam. I, I know you're seeing how I have more ahead of McCown. If we're just talking for this week, I like McCown and Keenum better than, than Moore. But Moore may have long-term value. All right. So Dalton, Keenum, 
McCown, quarterbacks to look at for this week. Also, Tyrod Taylor might be available in your leagues. He's like 81% owned, and he's got a home game, so he will score 21 fantasy points against the Raiders this week. Uh, how about running backs? Dave, why don't you give us three running backs to target? Well, if Marlon Mack is out there, I think his playing time is going to continue to go up and his touches have nowhere to go but up, so I would try and get him. But outside of the guys that are highly owned, you look at Latavius Murray. We have to go back to him now. He's playing against Cleveland. He's a good one-week fix. Um, I think Matt Forte is an interesting choice, especially in PPR leagues. I think he's going to have a pretty decent game against Atlanta. I would look to his direction. I, I was shocked at how much more, even with Bilal Powell back, they used Forte in the passing they game. Just trust they just trusted him more. It's, I, I don't love saying that because I don't think he's that great of a player, but he's going to get a lot of work. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, if you're looking long term. Deion Lewis. How can I forget about Deion Lewis? Looks like he's the main guy now for, for New England at running back until who knows when. All right. I'm, let's just, if you've got it kind of in your head now, if you had to pick three of them to make your first three claims. Mac, Murray, Forte. All of them over Deion Lewis? Yes. Deion Lewis going up against the Chargers who allow five yards per carry and Latavius Murray going up against Cleveland that allows 2.95 yards per carry. Doesn't matter. He'll grind out the clock and he's got a chance to score. Okay. That's a good run defense. Um, all right. Yeah, Latavius Murray is 65% owned. There actually are a lot of running backs. We'll spend a lot of time on running back because you've got, uh, you've got like Rob Kelly who's 69% owned. You've got uh, James White who's 79% owned might be available. Like I think Dave just gave three good running backs to pick up this week, and I don't know that he mentioned Dave's favorite or Jamie's favorite or my favorite. So that tells you how deep running back is this week. All right, who, who's who your are favorite? They? I'll go with Jalen Richard. Yeah, that's not my favorite. And Jamie, who's your favorite? Oh, it's Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood. All right, <laughs> so, so, so there, <laughs> there's five guys for you. Well, <laughs> yeah, Smallwood, Smallwood and Lewis are close, but uh, those two by far. Latavius Murray is is not somebody that I'm interested in this week. Uh, because I think he's going to struggle because Cleveland's run defense has been very good. But he's certainly somebody that you should still go back to if you want to, um, you know, I don't want to say chase points because the, the carries have been there for him, but he's not going to do that again. Man. He's not getting 100 yards. Just starting him because you think he can score. But I don't we know ran into think, that. I, I'm not starting him because I think he can score. I, I'd be starting him just because I think volume's there for him. We ran into that trap before with Latavius Murray, and he was bad. I mean, he's coming off a yeah, good game. He's just not good. He had a couple good runs. Yeah, it's tough. It's like it is deep Heath running back, but it's also deep with like players that you're just hoping are going to be good. You know? Well, Jalen Richard's already been good. Jalen Richard had yes. nine carries for 31 yards, four catches for 45 yards against Kansas City. I mean, if he gets 13 touches, I don't know that he's going to be so good against Buffalo, at Buffalo. They just did a yeah. great job against Doug Martin. Like I'm not I'm not saying that I wouldn't pick up Rashard. I'm definitely going to be trying to claim him cuz you need players. I just I don't know that there's any running back that's like, "Oh, can't wait to start this guy." Well, there's nobody I'm blowing my fab for if that's what you're saying. I guess so. Yeah. And we haven't even mentioned Alex Collins yet, right? No, we have not. <laughs> right. It's deep with uh with decent options. Right? It depends on whether you need a fix now or something to Speculate on the rest of the year. I think those are two different categories. Mm -hmm. All right. Like I think Smallwood is almost a, a, a better for rest of season than just for this week. Okay. We'll come yeah, back I like to Smallwood that. for this weekend for rest of season. By the way, how about I? You know, I went with Smallwood Jamie as a sleeper this week uh, on the Friday video show because I thought, hey, the Redskins—they give up production to running backs in the passing game, and it was Corey Clement who caught the touchdown. 
Yeah, I have a feeling it was just, you know, him working his way back from the injury. I- I'm very encouraged by him. Okay, wide receivers. Jamie, why don't you give me three wide receivers to prioritize this week? Uh, Josh Doxon would be one. Uh, I love the playing time that he got last night, and I think that's a sign of things to come because Terrell Pryor stinks. Um, <laughs> two would be Juju because of the uh, Martavis Bryant mess that's going on there. And three would be Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. Good so Stills could be that. ruined if uh, Devontae Parker comes back, but for right now you got to buy in. And that's not even getting to the guys who are owned in like 70% of leagues that might be available. Ted Ginn, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Jermaine Curse, perhaps. So, yeah, there there are a lot of options at wide receiver as well. Tight end. Heath, you want to give me some tight end streamers? I would love to give you some oh, tight end great. streamers. <laughs> uh, my favorite this Good luck. week. Is actually, and, and it's going to be dependent. <laughs> Let's see if Jeremy Macklin or Mike Wallace on a short week can get back. If they can't, I love, love, love Benjamin Watson going up against the Dolphins. The Dolphins' pass defense at times is okay, but at times they just look completely and totally lost, like they forgot they were even supposed to be covering people in the opposing jerseys. <laughs> like the Safarian Jenkins touchdown last week. Yes, and then I'm not completely going away from Nick O'Leary. He only got two targets. That was disappointing, but it's a good matchup against the Oakland Raiders. He converted both of those targets into 58 yards. Listen, if your disappointing week for a streaming tight end is five fantasy points, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not awful. So um, number three... I don't see on Jamie's list of tight ends, and now I'm having a hard time remembering who it was that I put in the article that is not out yet. A mystery tight end? It's a mystery tight end, so that means they're probably not that exciting. I'm just going to keep delaying for a couple more moments while I pull the name up. Are you excited for Halloween? Uh, Halloween is arguably the worst holiday in the world. Ooh, hot take. Uh, it, there's nothing good about it, and it only gets worse when you have kids, in my opinion. <laughs> um, my third favorite of the year, is A.J. Derby, who got seven targets with Emmanuel Sanders out. As long as Sanders is out again this week, that Chiefs defense just is not the same. Am I crazy, or is there a tight end you didn't even mention that? Oh, there's there are there are like like many tight ends. Tyler Croft as a streaming tight end this week, and cool. maybe even more than that, because he's been getting targets the last three games. We know Eifert's not coming back. Dalton's been throwing to him, and it's a good matchup. So I like Tyler Croft. I like him this week, yep, absolutely. The Colts, that's Croft's matchup this week. They've allowed four touchdowns to tight ends in their last five games. Croft did catch one last week. He has three touchdowns in his last three games, including a two-touchdown game. So uh, we're talking Ben Watson, Nick O'Leary, Tyler Croft, A.J. Derby. Uh, you might have to take a Tums before you – put in your claims for tight ends. <laughs> uh, you know, there are two tight ends that Jamie mentions that are very owned, 82 and 83% owned. Maybe you get lucky. Both of them have great matchups, Hunter Henry and Jason Witten, and both of them are playing well. So that would be the dream scenario. But if you can't get Hunter Henry and Jason Witten, you're looking at Croft, you're looking at Watson, you're looking at Derby, you're looking at O'Leary, Jared Cook. Jared, you know, the, the Bills might be bad against tight ends. We just don't know. Their first six games or five games, they didn't really play good ones. And then last week they got torn apart by the Bucks tight ends. So maybe Jared Cook can follow it up. You're, you're kind of desperate. And, um, yes, as Dave said, you're going to be starting players this week that you wouldn't ordinarily expect to start. Jamie, how about three defense special teams, DSTs for this week? I just told you what DST stands for. I don't think you needed to know that. Give me three. 
Uh, the Bengals will be number one. It's a lot of Bengals in this. Yeah. Uh, They're playing this, the Colts. Uh, this, <laughs> Makes this, sense. This waiver wire week. Uh, Bengals against the Colts, Dolphins against the Ravens, and the Bills against the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to be in for a letdown against Buffalo. Those, that's what, those were not, you got my, my number two and number three from the streaming article. The only one that he left out that I think might have a couple of big plays in them are the Saints this week. I have yeah. them at four. Okay. So. Yeah, I like the Saints. The Saints, they were okay against the Packers, but the Bill, the Bears allow the second most fantasy points to opposing DSTs and they are particularly bad when the, when they are on the road, when the Bears are on the road. That will be the case. But that was with Glennon though, wasn't it? That hasn't really been with I don't. Best. Well, right. You know what? It might not be as bad just because he threw seven passes. Uh, yeah, they're going to be conservative. I mean, you know, so it's just a matter of uh will they turn the ball over? I, right, th- right. That game and figuring out the script of that game is going to be interesting in projecting a lot of players this week because the it, it, the Bears and the Saints. Yes, it could go oh, a couple I think different the ways. Saints will push the envelope and force the Bears to have that, to throw. Eventually. That's one thing that could happen. The other thing that, that could that's happen the is the most logical thing, though. Huh? Yes. But if the Bears stay in that game, they may just throw it seven times again, and it, and it could change the complexion of everything. The, pan, the Bears aren't throwing; they'll throw it more than seven times for sure. Right, okay. but you so know, there's, just, there's no way. I guess the one strike against the Saints is is the the Jaguars argument that the Jaguars have not been a good matchup for DSTs this year because they've been so run heavy and they've been able to avoid. You, you run the ball a lot. I don't know how many sacks they've given up, but I think they've been able to avoid sacks and turnovers because that's what happens when you run the ball a lot. Um, but you wouldn't expect the Bears to score a lot of points, which is a good starting point for the Saints. No. And they had two defensive touchdowns against Carolina, and the Panthers' offense ran 73 plays. That means the Bears' defense was on the field for 73 plays. And right. Saints are probably going to be able to take advantage of that. All right, so Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Saints. These are DSTs that you can pick up this week. You are missing Saxonville. You are missing Arizona. You are missing the Rams. Uh, and then a few others that haven't really been that relevant. And Dave, how about some IDP? Individual defensive player is what it stands for. Dave, how, how about some IDP help this week? David Irving's back for the Cowboys. He's a defensive lineman. He's got double-digit fantasy points in each of his two games. That's a good thing. I would stick with him. Uh, a couple of linebackers I like, Devondre Campbell of Atlanta, Christian Jones of Chicago, Hayes Pullard of the L.A. Chargers. I like the Chargers' defense, by the way. I think that they're starting to get their act together and play a lot better, shutting out Denver. Uh, they were impressive. I, I They were getting after Simeon. You can't lots of this blitzes. Week, Big test test this Big week. Big test this week. I think they give them a game, though. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say yeah. that they're going to win, but I think it's going to be a close game. You know what? I'm going to change my mind. I think there's a chance the Chargers can walk out of there with a win. Ooh. That defense has been playing good, and it's been consistent. Well, But you know um, what? You look at their – like, look at the teams they've played recently. They've played the Giants and the Broncos. When the when that team may have the two best pass rushers in the NFL, in Bosa and Ingram, when they play teams that don't have good offensive lines, like that's going to – that's relevant for fantasy because they're really going to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and they killed the Broncos' options this week. And the and, Patriots' offensive line has been uh, – not it's as been okay. It's, it's not as bad as the Broncos and the Giants, no, but it no. hasn't been great. And Bro- this year. And that's the reason why I think the Broncos had such a bad game is that that offensive line has started to fall apart a little bit. Garrett Bowles hasn't been the same since he got hurt. Uh, one more ADP. I mentioned him last week. He had a good game again this week. Adrian Amos of the Bears, okay. defensive back. All right. So David Irving is definitely someone to take a look at. Yes. Washington's offensive line pretty beat up. They got the Cowboys this week. They could be without their right guard, Brandon Sheriff, who's very good. They could be without Trent Williams, their left tackle. 
And uh, Jason Peters for the Eagles, by the way, we're going to get to that, but he left with a serious knee injury, and that was actually a lot of offensive line injuries last night. Here's a quick email of the day from Mike, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com is the email address. Could you talk about whether or not the Jaguars DST is cuttable during the bye week? Absolutely not. Yeah, no way, I don't like right? to carry two defenses, but if you are inclined to do so, this is one to do it for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would have a hard time doing that, holding on to them. Oh, I hope you have them in some of our leagues then. They I are, do have them in a couple leagues. Good. They cut are them. number one I with dare a you to bullet. Cut them. I dare you to cut them. <laughs> no, they are number Triple one by so, so much right now. Huh? They are number one by so much of a gap. And the right schedule's now. amazing. Yeah, the Cincinnati, the Chargers, Cleveland, Cardinals. That's their next four after I guess the it just depends, like, what players are you okay? You have to decide what level of player you're okay dropping to keep Jacksonville. Well, I'll put it this way. If you're deciding between carrying, and I know your answer, Heath, but if you're deciding between carrying Ty Montgomery or the Jacksonville defense at this point, what makes more sense for your team moving forward? I'm going to keep Ty Montgomery. No! I understand that. <laughs> but most, most people are going to probably say bye-bye Ty <clears throat> and keep the Jaguars. Like, Terrell Pryor or the Jaguars defense? Uh, easily uh, cutting Terrell Pryor. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, like Isaiah Crowell or the Jags defense. Yeah, I'm probably. You're not keeping Crowell. I'm probably cutting, assuming that that's, that's a different one because he's not on a bye this week. So if I don't have to, why? Well, I'm going to have a lot of teams where I don't, I need every active running back I need to start. I mean, clearly it's case specific, but if you have the decision of cutting player X that you're not playing or on by or keeping two DSTs that are better for the long-term value of your team. So we're cutting, like Sammy Watkins, cut. Right. That's fine. Will Fuller faces Seattle. You're not starting him this week. No, because you're not he's, cutting he's him. got good long-term appeal. Yeah. I understand. I'm just saying there are teams where Will Fuller might be your last bench guy. Mm-hmm. But you can't cut him. No. You can, so you, you would you cut could, you would cut Jacksonville in that situation. Yeah. I'm just trying to find the level of player where we're cutting Jacksonville. It's, I think you not. can trade Jacksonville for a bench player, or you trade Jacksonville and Nobody's something else for someone I, else. I would a two for one type deal. I, how about this? Would you drop Devontae Adams or the Jaguars DST? Jacksonville. Uh, probably Jacksonville. Like I, I'm in a league where I have the Jags DST, and it's it's the DST scoring is just ridiculous. So I'm cutting Mike Gillisley for him. For them. Good for you. And Heath, you never picked up Mike Gillisley in the league that you lambasted me for dropping Mike Gillisley. Did anybody pick him up? No. I am known for doing that. 10-team PPR? Who the hell's you, picking you, up Mike you were, Gillisley? You were off on, on one of the shows, Dave. It might have been the Wednesday show. I dropped Javoris Allen to pick up Chris Thompson. <laughs> and nice. these two were like, oh, I can't believe you dropped Javoris Allen. We have to, we're we're going to get Javoris out. And it's a fab league. This one over here, I'm going to get him. No, I'm going to get him. What happens? Four points. Zero, zero bid. <laughs> somebody else <laughs> no got, even got him. No, somebody else. Barone got him for zero. And that's the same league, by the way. Ten team PPR league. Last point on the Jaguars DST, Adam. Mm-hmm. What do Andy Dalton, Phillip Rivers, uh, Cody Kessler, Drew Stanton, and Jacoby Brissett have in common? All right-handed. Awesome. Thank you. Got it. Nailed it. No. Oh, what is it? They all play Jacksonville after the Jaguars buy. Those are their oh. next five opposing oh. quarterbacks. Very nice. Very nice. I, I want to be clear. I was not saying I want to drop Jacksonville. I'm just saying there is a certain level of player. No, you 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 got to it. You yeah. know, you got to that level. I, I I think the Ty Montgomery one's interesting. Um, it's it's it really comes down to are you? And this is a question you should ask yourself with any of these players. 
you know, if you want to speculate on Corey Davis or Mike Williams or, you know, whoever, you know, you consider stash candidate X, when are you ever going to play the guy that you're considering holding for them? So Jonathan Stewart or Isaiah Crowell or Ty Montgomery or Terrell Pryor or Sammy Watkins. I think I need to put the, the Jaguars in the stash rankings this week. Probably so. And you know what? It, it's a shame that the Jaguars DST is on a bye this week when there are also five other teams, well, six teams on a bye because there are going to be a lot of players on, on some teams that aren't playing. You know, you have to make, I guess what I'm trying to say is there might be a lot of players on your team that are on a bye and you're going to have to make tough choices. And when it right. comes down to That's it, what I it might be the Jaguars that get cut. I think we've made a pretty clear case on, on how we feel about it though. The other thing you could do is if you're like six and one or better, you could just take a zero. You could. Think long term. I'm, I'm not about Could you that. cut your kicker for a DST? Ask your commissioner if you can play without a kicker. That also might be a solution. You know what? Assuming you could just all play good. without kickers and have a lot better league. <laughs> You'd have an extra roster spot that way for something else. All right, Philadelphia 34, Washington 24. The Redskins had four offensive linemen leave the game at one point. But it looks like Trent Williams – well, Brandon Sheriff is the most serious. It looks like he needs an MRI on his knee. And left tackle Trent Williams has been dealing with a knee injury, so he re-aggravated that. Meanwhile, as I mentioned, Jason Peters for the Eagles, their left tackle, he left with a knee injury. And, look, he might be out for the year. He got carted off. He was put in the air cast. It was bad. Uh, is, all right, Carson Wentz. What does this left tackle injury do, in your opinion, to Carson Wentz? And I'm going to give you another stat on him in a second. He's now the number one quarterback in fantasy. He scored 38 fantasy points last night with 63 rushing yards with four touchdowns. Um, do you, are you worried about him now if he loses Peters for the season? Not worried, but it, you know, it's a slight downtick. You worry about it in those matchups where he takes on tough pass rushes. A couple of weeks from now, he's got Denver at home. He's got Dallas two weeks after that. Won't be easy. He eventually is going to play at Seattle in a primetime game. And if the left tackle situation is uneasy there, it's going to force him to play more two tight end sets. It's going to take a receiver off the field for him. It probably won't hurt him badly. Well, they play a lot of two tight end sets anyway. I know, but I, but when they play a lot of two tight end sets, those guys are running routes. They don't leave him in the block all the time. Oh no, Selleck they do. When he's, how about how many snaps does Selleck play? Maybe half the game? I don't know. Maybe less? Well, I, we could see it like every play if they can't fix the left tackle yeah, spot. Now, now, look, uh, Peters missed like half the game and still Wentz did very well. He also did well previously with his right tackle, Lane Johnson out. And that was a huge thing last year. He did very poorly with Lane Johnson out. So he's just obviously a much better player. I also see Denver on the schedule and then in weeks, let's see, 13, 14, and 15 at Seattle, at the Rams, at the Giants. So, I don't know. I guess you know what I'm asking. Are you looking to sell Carson Wentz? What do you think? Yeah, it's never a bad idea to sell somebody if you can get great value in return. And in a lot of leagues, Carson Wentz was drafted to be your number two quarterback. So, you know, if you did get the right number one guy and you feel comfortable with that guy, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, Breeze, uh, Brady, you know, I mean, anybody that you don't have any questions about, then you should try and flip them, especially if you your number one guy like Wilson or, or Breeze has already passed his bye week. Let's say, let's say you've got Wentz and Watson. Which one are you trying to sell? I would try and sell Wentz. I think I could get more for Watson still. No, not right now. I mean, I'd sell whichever I one I could get so. more for, I think, is the answer. Yeah, right. 
Mm-hmm. Now, who do you like better rest of season? Well, how about rank Wentz, Watson, Wilson? We'll do the W's. Wentz, Watson, Wilson. They are Wentz and Watson are extremely close for me. I think I have Watson a smidge higher. So I'll go Watson, Wentz, and then Russell Wilson. I'll go the exact opposite order. Oh, you've got Wilson first. Huh? I, I got Wilson first. I go Wilson. I go Wilson, Wentz, Watson. And where's Dak? After Wilson. Yep. Before Wentz and Watson. Nope. Ahead of all three. Woo. All right. So Wentz, you know, I'm looking at all the pass attempts and I'm looking at all the touchdowns and I'm seeing that he's got five straight games with 31 or fewer pass attempts. But you look at all seven games, Carson Wentz is on pace for 530 pass attempts. It's not really that many. And he's on pace for 39 touchdowns. So I wanted to see, have there been quarterbacks recently who have thrown around 530 passes and had 35 or more passing touchdowns? I can think of one. There was one last year. Yep. Matt Ryan last year. The year before that, there were two. Cam Newton and Carson Palmer and Russell Wilson threw 34 touchdowns. The year before that, we had Aaron Rodgers. Didn't have any in 2012 or 13, but the last four seasons, uh, last three seasons, excuse me, there have been five quarterbacks with 34 or more passing touchdowns and around 530 pass attempts. So it is becoming more common. Um, that said, you know, it's kind of crazy how good Wentz has been on such a, so many, you know, limited attempts, I guess, over the last five weeks. All right, let's move on from Carson Wentz. Another good game for Kirk Cousins. Um, he's got some pretty tough matchups coming up, but I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm, I can't just ask sell high on everybody, but we need quarterbacks. Rob Kelly, I, I've been kind of excited for his return, but I knew this would be a tough game for him. The Eagles have arguably the best run defense in the NFL. Do you think Kelly will be a reliable player going forward? Absolutely. And I like that in the garbage time they're using him in the passing game. Yep. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel pretty confident in him as a borderline number two running back. Especially this week. Yeah. Against Dallas, yeah. Do you think, okay, Terrell Pryor, absolutely droppable? Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he got passed on the depth chart. He sure did. And they're using Rightfully so. Vernon Davis about as much as Pryor in the last game anyway. Uh, Jordan Reed, nice bounce back for him. Uh, what do you, okay, who would you rather have rest of season? Rob Kelly or LeGarrette Br- uh, Blunt? I'd rather have Blunt, but it's close. <clears throat> I kind of feel like they're the same guy. They're in similar situations because Blunt is going to continue to lose to Smallwood and Kelly's going to continue to lose to Thompson. I, I, I'm going to fi- continue to fight against the Blunt losing to Smallwood narrative too. Well, he did last night. He has averaged 25 snaps a game. He played 25 snaps last night. He's averaged 14 carries a game. He got 14 carries last night. He had that's, a bad that's, night. That's good though. That's just, that's what he is. It's the same thing as Marshawn Lynch, the same thing as Adrian Peterson. He's just oh, right Blunt, in the same low-end number two. But Blunt's better than those guys. Right. Yes. He's more talented, but his workload is the same. I, it didn't It didn't change last night again. But Kelly could be better than that, though. I think he could be. I just, as much as Thompson has carved out a role, I think that's that's capped Kelly's upside just a little bit. I should sure. also mention that one of the reasons I was excited about Rob Kelly was the offensive line. If Brandon Sheriff is out for a while, that's a really big deal. Um, sure. Yep. So, so let's keep that in mind. And I'm just surprised at how available Rob Kelly is. 69% owned, I think. And finally, to, to wrap this game up, man, Alshon Jeffrey is not having a good year. He hasn't had a bye. He's the number 27 wide receiver in standard, number 28 in PPR. almost said Roto. Um, meanwhile, Nelson Aguilar has a lot fewer targets this year than, than Alshon Jeffrey, but he's got five touchdowns. 
19 fewer targets than Jeffrey, but Aguilar is 10th in standard, 15th in PPR. He has fewer targets than anyone in the top 10 in standard or top 15 in PPR. He's making the most of it. So who would you rather have rest of season and then follow up? How how concerned are you about Alshon Jeffrey? I'm real concerned about Alshon Jeffrey. He is he hasn't even caught half of his targets. He's fallen below the 50% catch rate on the season. Hasn't scored in three straight games. Hasn't had double-digit fantasy points in five straight games. It's uh he's a disappointment, and Aguilar. It, it might be a matter of time before he starts getting more targets than Jeffrey. He has 12 in his last two games. Alshon has 16. Would you rather have Aguilar at this point? Yes, I would not. No, I'm I'm gonna bet on Ag- Alshon Jeffrey having the uh, the bounce back game soon. Who's I it going to come again? I think you're looking at a quarterback that just loves his short area targets so much that in big money spots, he's relying on them. It's Ertz. It's Aguilar. And like to, to Dave's point, all Aguilar's needed so far this season has happened every time. Five or more targets, double-digit fantasy points. What happens when that starts to go to seven or eight or nine or ten? Okay, That's so – And here's one more point I want to make. Yeah, go ahead. He's take away Aguilar's touchdowns because we could all say, well, he's touchdown dependent. He scored in three straight. He still outproduced Alshon in two of the last three games. Yeah. Alshon's always going to draw the tougher cover. That part's true for sure. And he got away last night without having to face Norman. And Alshon has four targets inside the 10. Whereas Aguilar has just double check here. It's just like like even last night. Well, I'm interested in hearing this. What is it, Adam? Yeah, also four. Actually, I'm surprised that Alshon Jeffrey has, uh, well, they have about the same amount of red zone targets. Oh, nope. Okay. Alshon has two targets inside the 10. There we go. Aguilar has four. Well, he had a, t- he had a target in the end zone last night and Wentz just missed him. If Wentz just throws a good ball like he did most of the night, we're not having this discussion. Oh, no, we definitely are having this discussion because Aguilar would have had another touchdown still. And you're still not getting, I mean, what did you get from, uh, what would that would have been if he had caught that ball? Like 40 yards for Alshon Jeffrey? Four. He had 37. I don't know how far that is. He also drew was. another pass interference penalty last night. I mean, he's, he's getting a lot of that too. Does that factor in his drops? Probably not. I'm going to guess no, but. I don't think those kind of they call targets. it a drop if he gets called for OPI? Yeah. No. no. DPI. No. I yeah, I think know. if he had caught the, if, if Wentz would have put that ball on target, it would have been 50 yards and a touchdown and, we, yeah, oh, we wouldn't be great, but we wouldn't be saying what's wrong with Alshon Jeffrey. You're asking, does the drop count if it's if, if it's a penalty, the defenders yeah. flagged? No, um, I don't think Alshon's a bad fantasy option moving forward because there's still going to be some games where he's he's big. But next week, uh, it very well could be. But this this also could be, you know, uh, let's get Torrey Smith one against his former team. Let's let you know, Ertz. It's not going to be where he's throwing four or five touchdowns every week either. Okay, well the Eagles. Maybe you want to use some Eagles. In your FanDuel lineup next week, as they will face San Francisco, maybe Alshon Jeffrey will be discounted. And, uh, well, I disappointed. I did not win my 50-50. I came in 60th out of 100, the top 50 cash. And I think I was like 8th or ninth in the CBS contest out of 14. Would have moved up a few spots if Dan Bailey didn't get hurt. But, you know, that's how it goes. So play on FanDuel. Contests start at just $1. I know people love FanDuel. They've been playing for a while. We've been playing for a while. If you haven't started playing, you need to know that over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. In fact, they got, well, they don't have baseball anymore because there's only, you know, one game per night. But baseball, basketball, hockey. I mean, Heath, you play daily fantasy on, on FanDuel on, uh, on for ba- basketball all the time, right? I play NBA most most every night. Yeah, you love uh, NBA on FanDuel. A lot of people do. 
Uh, so you can sign up and join the NFL Sunday Million, which has over a million dollars in cash prizes for free when you make your first deposit. You just use the promo code CBSPOD. Again, you use the promo code CBSPOD on FanDuel.com. You get in that NFL Sunday Million. You're just picking matchups. You're finding the great values. It's really fun to put a roster together. It doesn't take long. And you just sit back on Sundays and you watch some football and you track your team and hopefully you win some money. The promo code is CBSPOD. This offer is void where prohibited. Atlanta and New England. It was an easy win for the Patriots. It was uh, disappointing, obviously, for the Falcons, and yeah. Okay, are you more worried about Alshon Jeffrey or Matt Ryan, just generally speaking? Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm. I'm equally not that worried, just disappointed. I feel like I can cut Matt Ryan if I'm that worried about him, whereas I'd have a harder time cutting Alshon. If I had the same level. It's easier to find a, a Ryan replacement than this. Right. That, I think that's what I probably should have Well, said. I don't know anymore. I, I don't think it's easy anymore just for either guy just because of what we're seeing with passing games. You know, you can't really cut Matt Ryan, right? It's you. Well, I guess if you have Watson or something, but. Matt Ryan or the Jaguars DST? Uh, probably the Jaguars. It's just like, look at the guys we're talking about streaming this week. They're not good and. We don't have Rodgers, we don't have Luck, we don't have Palmer anymore. It's just, it's ugly. So it, it, it is, but I mean, you can make an argument that maybe rest of season, if in fact he's the starter the rest of the way, that Matt Moore could be better than Matt Ryan. It's true, and that is that is ugly, that is scary. But Julio Jones had a bounce back game. They've got two more on the road. They've been on a three game road stand, road trip. Two more on the road, and three of their next four on the road, including one at Seattle. Yeah, the other matchups it's aren't ugly. Nice. It's bad. They, they they need to just change things up. I know uh Dan Quinn said it's going to be status quo, and I don't think they have to fire Sarkeesian, but they just need to go back to, I think, playing faster, letting Ryan make some decisions at the line of scrimmage, putting it more on him, and I think that would certainly change things around a little bit because you saw in the fourth quarter when they were playing faster against, you know, comeback of a, uh, of, of a bad loss, but target Julio, use, lean on Sanu, Lean on your running backs. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, just, I don't know if it's an easy fix, but it certainly is fixable. One last there's, thing. There's here. too much talent there. One last thing. I, I know New Orleans defense has been much improved. That said, like weeks 14, 15, 16, your fantasy playoffs, Saints, Bucks, Saints. So that's. I don't know if those are. Well, the Bucks exactly are easy matchups. The Bucks have give up a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, where's the Bucks game? At it's in Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Yeah. Saints, like, like even it. if it's not a good matchup anymore, it's not a bad matchup. That's a nice. Well, I mean, it, it's it's good from the standpoint of you can still get the Matt Stafford game. You get you get Saints two defenses plays well, and he still gets his numbers. And their last five games, not counting Week 17, you get the Bucks twice and the Saints twice. So if you have faith in them, that's that's a good thing. Uh, it's just funny, man, because there's such a good offensive line, so many good weapons there. I don't get it. Could turn around. This, this kind of stuff happens. You know? Could turn around this week against the Jets. I mean, Jets aren't very good. Absolutely. Any other thoughts on this game? I mean, we'll get into Patriots running backs later because Deion Lewis is in the waiver wire, obviously. Anything else on Falcons, pa- Falcons, Pats? No. It was nice to see Julio score. Hooray. Oh, how droppable is, how droppable is Danny Amendola? He's cuttable. Yeah, more so in standard, but yeah, he's not, he's not doing much, unfortunately. Cut him over the Jags DST. Sure. News and notes for you. Ezekiel Elliott will play this week. 
We don't know beyond, and McFadden and Morris are on your waiver wire, so not a bad idea. You still prefer McFadden? Yeah. Uh-huh. Martavis Bryant wants out. We dropping him this week? Yep. I actually, I had a quick conversation with Heath yesterday about this because Heath wrote a really fun story about where fantasy owners should want Martavis Bryant to go if he were to get traded. Heath Cummings? Heath, Heath Cummings. Cummings, yes. Oh, okay. As opposed to Heathcliff the Cat. <laughs> Or he Who are. also writes fantasy columns he does. on CBSSports.com. Yeah. Uh, and Heathcliff. one thought is that if Martavis gets traded, the trade deadline is a week from today, so Halloween. All you got to do is carry him on your team for the next seven, eight days. And if he's traded, he's probably going to gain some value. He'll be of interest. And if he doesn't get traded, then you, you cut him after eight days. See if you can hang on to him for seven, eight days. <laughs> it's Martavis Bryant Passover. I... <laughs> The thought of somebody going to a new team in the middle of a season at wide receiver and just like fitting in and getting production, that's tough to do. It is, but when it comes to somebody like Bryant who's got one or two really good traits. Go deep. Right. He knows that route. Run deep, catch this ball. It, it, he's got to be in the right situation. Like I, I think we agree that Buffalo would be an awesome landing spot. Bills are are trying to be a playoff contender. They've got a good defense. They've got a good run game. We've seen Tyrod Taylor strike deep. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been unloading parts to get draft picks. What are they going to give up to get Martavis Bryant? If it's just one draft pick, like a fifth or a sixth round pick to get Bryant, are the Steelers parting with Martavis Bryant for a fifth or sixth round draft pick when he's so? Cheap I think and if under they if Warriors. they know they're not going to bring him back, they might as well get a pick for him. It's a toxic ben, situation. Ben Forcing their hand, maybe. All right, uh, moving on. Dwayne Brown, Houston's left tackle. He will end his holdout and report to the team. That's excellent news. This is a test for them. They're at Seattle this week. Very interested to see what happens in that game. Minnesota safety Andrew Sandejo has been suspended for one game as they face Cleveland. It's a good game to miss if he doesn't win the appeal. Um, Marshawn Lynch had his appeal heard. As of now, he suspended one game at Buffalo this week. Fontes Burfick won't be suspended. I don't know what he has to do. Kick the guy in the face. Not suspended. Okay. Carson Palmer, don't know the timetable, but I guess there's a chance he's out four to six weeks. Still, people are going to be dropping Carson Palmer. Chargers left guard Matt Slauson out for the season with a torn biceps. Is this a big deal for Melvin Gordon or Philip Rivers? Well, it's not good. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a big deal, though. Okay. Uh, Saints right guard Larry Warford is going to miss a few weeks with an abdominal injury. Emmanuel Sanders could play this week. Corey Davis could be back after the bye. Delaney Walker has a bone bruise. DeMarco Murray has a bruised shoulder. Those guys should be fine after the bye week. Well, I'm hoping for Walker, for Walker, definitely for Murray. And real quick, guys, do you expect the following players this week? Golden Tate. No. Kenny Galladay. It's looking that way. It's looking like he's going to play. And I might pick him up in all my leagues. Take right. another swing at hashtag Kenny. That, I mean, that's interesting because Heath was talking about this off the air, and one of the waiver wire guys at wide receiver is Marvin Jones. It makes a ton of sense to get him. However, they're facing the Steelers, who give up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So we'll talk about that in just a bit. Do you expect Stefan Diggs at Cleveland? Not, Not as of no. now. Devontae Parker at Baltimore on Thursday. Same. Yeah, they, they could hold Diggs out of that game. They have a bye the week after. And then he he could come back after that. Baltimore wide receivers against the Dolphins. Uh, Maybe Macklin has a chance. They, they've said they want to play, but it's a short week. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. Wallace was trying to come back into the game against the Vikings after getting just completely annihilated. 
but they made the smart decision to keep him out. And I'm sure you can imagine he wants to play against the Dolphins. And how about uh, Willie Sneed? I would uh, imagine he's going to try and play, but at this point he's somebody that you can't trust. Is is he actually even hurt, or is he just a healthy scratch and they're being nice to him? I don't Fair know. Point. I would imagine he's hurt, though. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence West against the Dolphins. Uh, probably not. Okay. Now, waiver wire quarterbacks. Let's let's discuss. So Tyrod Taylor, if you could choose between Tyrod Taylor and Andy Dalton this week, who would you go with? Taylor. I think Taylor. But yeah, they're Taylor. Close. Yeah, Taylor, if he's available, 83% owned. Oakland this week at the Jets, home against New Orleans, at the Chargers, at the Chiefs, home against New England. I didn't even realize. <laughs> his schedule was incredible. It doesn't end. Keep going. Colts, Dolphins, <laughs> at the Patriots, and then at the Dolphins. Tyrod Taylor has a beautiful schedule. And now he's getting Martavis Bryant, so that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, it makes me a little more excited about Jordan Matthews. Yeah. That's for sure. What about Deontay Thompson? Maybe. Maybe Nick O'Leary. All right. Um, Dalton, though, is of the guys who are widely available. Andy Dalton is big-time number one. He is facing Indianapolis at home this week. And we've said it so many times. His schedule alternates between good matchup and terrible matchup. Uh, so, you know, he, you could you could stash him. You could use him in maybe half his games going forward. Matt Moore, as Jamie said earlier, Matt Moore, good, good, maybe good long term, maybe. We don't know if he's going to keep the job, but not so there, good. There was a, short term. A, a lot of talk locally in South Florida that this is uh, this this gets Adam Gase out of his mess because he couldn't bench Jay Cutler. Yeah, but now he may get out of having to play Jay Cutler for several weeks. You know, just let him rest until he's a hundred percent. And go with the guy who may be a little bit better. Right. And I'll give the numbers that I gave on Sunday show. Matt Moore started four games last season. He scored 31 fantasy points at the Jets. This is six point per passing touchdown leagues. 19 fantasy points at the Bills. 18 fantasy points against New England. And then 11 fantasy points in the playoffs at Pittsburgh. And Kenny Stills and Devont and uh, Jarvis Lanchy really benefited from Moore's presence. Josh McCown, Heath likes him facing the uh, the Falcons, but the Falcons, no quarterback has scored more than 21 fantasy points. Two quarterbacks have reached that number. They were Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. So what are we hoping for maybe like 17 fantasy points for It's McCann? funny though, Heath, you made the point of him chasing points. I, are, are the Falcons gonna score? <laughs> I, I'm still not on the boat of the Falcons offense is just terrible now. I think part of the reason they haven't given up that many points to quarterbacks is because they haven't scored that many points and forced quarterbacks to throw. I think that's different this week. Trevor I Simeon. hope you're right, but I mean, think about it though. They faced the Dolphins uh-huh. that have given up a lot of production to quarterbacks. Certainly, they gave up to Josh McCown last week. That's it, though. I mean, they they've been good against quarterbacks. Okay, but they didn't allow Ryan to do anything, and the Patriots. I mean, that's as forgiving a matchup as you can find. Yep, and he stunk there too. Blame the fog. Blame the well, fog. Well, he was bad before the fog. He actually was better when the <laughs> fog came in. <laughs> uh, we got Trevor Simeon. Who is facing Kansas City, and we know Kansas City, they allow the fifth most points to quarterbacks. Case Keenum at Cleveland. Everybody but Mariota does well against Cleveland. And Teddy Bridgewater, if you just want to stash somebody. So who would you guys rather have, Simeon or Keenum, if it came down to that? Keenum. Definitely Keenum for this week. Simeon, if I'm, if like, I'm in a two QB league and both these guys are available. I'll take Simeon because I just wonder if the Vikings are just gonna do what they did last week. Run, play defense, and go home. All right, you can drop Carson Palmer, Andrew Luck, and Jared Goff. Jamie, I added Eli Manning to the drop list. I hope that's okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's obvious at this point, so that's why I didn't include it. I mean, he's only 54% owned and going to his buy. He should be like 4% owned. Uh, running backs. Okay, we'll spend some time on this group. So, Mar- these are the shallow league guys. These are the guys that are owned in more than 65% of leagues. Marlon Mack, who, Dave, you seem pretty excited about. We'll come back to that in a second. James White just scored his first touchdown of the season. Jamie, you were all over that. Great matchup. Falcons can't cover pass-catching running backs. Chargers can. Chargers, uh, they've allowed more than 27 receiving yards only once. That was Wendell Smallwood, who had 45 yards. No touchdowns to running backs in the passing game. So that's James White, 79% owned. Rob Kelly, 69% owned, facing Dallas. Then he's got two tough matchups. And uh, Orleans Darkwa, who's on a bye this week, comes back and gets the Rams, who've been playing better. But Mac White, Kelly, Darkwa, Dave, does Mac stand out in that group of Mac, James White, Kelly, and Darkwa? Yes, because I'm thinking more long-term, and I'm thinking that the Colts are going to have nothing to lose at some point here, and they're just going to continue to give him snaps. His first four games, 17 snaps, 12 snaps, 18 snaps, 14 snaps. Robert Turbin gets hurt. You think maybe, well, Frank Gore is going to get more of an opportunity to play passing downs. Maybe they trust him at the goal line. They didn't really get close to the goal line that much. Mac played 33 snaps of offense. Now, yep. You can say what you want about it being a blowout. And maybe they wanted to get him experience and just get him some reps in the game. But Gore's, Gore's playing time did rose by one snap from the week before. And I think Max got a real opportunity to continue to gain playing time. I, Gore's playing time the last two weeks, 45 total snaps. He had 42 snaps in week five. I, I love the upside of Marlon Mack and his big playability. My concern is I don't think he wins the starting job this week. And so if we're looking a couple weeks down the line, I think their schedule when you get to the fantasy playoffs is pretty awful. Seattle, Houston, and then at San Francisco in week 16. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think to Dave's point, you're you're just picking him up based on speculation. You may need to start him this week, which I don't think he's a bad flex. Right. But he's, he's going to play as much, if not more, than Frank Gore moving forward, and he's certainly going to have an opportunity to prove himself. Hold on. His schedule isn't what I said it was. Yeah, okay. I, would, I, I was like, Indianapolis is at Jacksonville, at Buffalo, Denver at home, and then at Baltimore. That does suck. That is a bad playoff schedule. So I, I think, you know, you don't have to – I think with a lot of these guys for this particular week, you know, again, circumstances may be different. You may have to play guys like Smallwood or Doxon or, uh, or, or Marlon Mack or any of these guys that don't necessarily have full-time roles locked up. But they're definitely worth speculating on because the upside could be immense. If they do start to get full-time workloads, and and Mac, it's funny because he had nine total touches last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. The, the two games where he's had big fantasy days have been exactly ten. So all he needs, <laughs> you know, I, I know Heath laughs at me every time I say this. Stuff, <laughs> just give him one, have one more carry. It, 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 really, it really is though. It's just you know you, you look at numbers. Uh, Aguilar every time five or more targets, double digit fantasy points. He's had four. Not so so, uh, so I just want to know if they've been like the fourth quarter of that game and you saw he had nine targets. Huh? Or nine touches. Huh? And I guaranteed you a touch on the next player. Are you betting on a touchdown? No, I'm betting on enough yards. <laughs> like 30 yards. Yeah. 30 yards, right. Okay. Yeah, in the bank. All right, so, again, those names were Marlon Mack, James White, Rob Kelly, and Orleans Darkwa. And, um, Why does Tyrod Taylor only score 21 at home? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Now, the other guys that are owned in less than 65% of leagues, Wendell Smallwood. Would you rather have Smallwood or Blunt rest of season? Blunt. Still Blunt. Okay. For now. De- How is Deion Lewis not, like, Deion Lewis should be at the top of the list. 
for how okay for, for are how you long? sure he's going to be that guy yeah kind of i mean why would he got four different running backs and he out and game. he out carried all of them by a lot he, by a he, lot he, uh maybe not by good. a lot it's just it's just so volatile he's and better he's injury prone he, here's the problem so they had like they had first and goal from the 9 right lewis gets a carry gets to the 5 lewis gets a carry gets to the 1 gillisley comes in gets stuffed also, Lewis, who averaged five catches per game two years ago, gets like one catch a game. So that's annoying. What did he have this past week? One, one catch. catch for six yards. He has double-digit touches each of the past two weeks, Adam. Mm-hmm. How confident do you feel that he'll have double-digit touches in more than half of their uh, games? Very first? confident. Very. Very confident. Supremely confident. I, I look. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to brag. I didn't say it on the air, unfortunately. I had a feeling that he was going to take over the role. I think he's better than Gillisley. I I think that Deion Lewis is a very good player. I'm not doubting and that now Deion he's Lewis healthy. is a good player. I'm doubting your or anyone else's ability to predict what Bill Belichick's going to he do. He obviously took over. I, to me, he took over for Gillisley. Like he's their starter. Mm-hmm. Gillisley is purely short yardage, maybe a little bit more than that. Clock killer. It, so what? Is, so Deion Lewis to score a touchdown. That's going to be tough. He's not going to get those goal line. Touches right. Well, he, he's got two in the last three weeks. I mean, I I think you look at Lewis. He at played, the goal line. He had one. Inside the he ten had, is fine. He, he had one two weeks ago. He didn't have one this week, did he? No, because no, Gillisley came in. Yes, he, he scored has scored three weeks. Yes, yeah. they were short yard touchdowns. They were they were short, but it wasn't at the goal line. Now look, one, uh, of was, one was eight yards out. Let me pull back from what I said because I am excited about him, but also, yeah, he he might not get goal line carries and he doesn't get catch passes. So you need him to score like a five yard touchdown, and that could be tough. Uh, I guess I just don't see anyone that I, think, I love. I think the but. thing is, and this isn't exciting, who's the most likely to get you seven fantasy points on a weekly basis of the Patriots backfield? Standardly. He did have a one-yard touchdown two weeks ago. Yes. Right. Um, right now, I would say Deion Lewis in a standard league. Deion Lewis. Look, Gillisley had his chance. Like We could Probably. criticize Belichick all we want, but sometimes he does stick with guys. Gillisley had his chance. He blew it. Lewis is taking that. Lewis is taking it over, I think. <laughs> I <laughs> hope. I, look, you have to add him. He, he should be 90% owned because, again, Isaiah Crowell is at 90%. Lewis is at 52. Who would you rather have right now? Lewis, Lewis of course. Jonathan Stewart is at 89%. Who would you rather have? Lewis. Lewis. Got, that's hard because you got to account for the people. that If they've got Isaiah Crowell and Jonathan Stewart, they've already quit. So <laughs> that ownership is just going to no, stay there. but, I mean, look, if, you're, if you have him, those guys as your third running back, your fourth running back, you know, again – we were telling people to draft draft Isaiah Crawl in the third round, and depending on when you draft it, you may have got Kareem Hunt in the seventh round. Right. So you're still okay. <laughs> um, well, the other half of this, Jamie, is that the Chargers, like I said, they give up five yards per carry. If the if the Raiders and the Broncos would have stuck to the run, they might have given up more fantasy points to running backs. But but, but stop with what you said right there. How often do the Patriots stick to the run? Give them 15 carries. That'd be more than Lynch and C.J. Anderson had. In the last two it's games last that the Chargers have carries in a game. I mean, yeah, 13. He it's not 13. like he's far off. He had 14 touches. So he's playing more snaps. He led the, led the backfield in snaps. The only other guy that was close to him was James White. He almost doubled Gillisley and Burkhead. But just to play devil's advocate, if Gillisley breaks off a long run, if Burkhead breaks off a long run, they're going to get more opportunities in the game. You could be looking at an eight carry game for Lewis. It's just, it's just hard to trust with any semblance of confidence. I get, I get it. He should be added without question, but you don't have to start him. 
Now, so it's small with Deion Lewis. Maybe Alex Collins is the guy I should be making the case for. I know he had a bad game, but that was at Minnesota. Not a not a huge surprise. He's pretty Collins is kind of similar to Deion Lewis in terms of the amount of carries and the amount of catches they get, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Lewis certainly gets a few more car- catches, but the thing is, is that Lewis is is still being used in red zone opportunities. That'd be goal line opportunities. He's being used in red zone opportunities. Alex Collins, we haven't seen that very much yet, and that that's a bad offensive line. It's an interesting matchup against Miami. They've actually given up a touchdown to every every. Uh, they've given up a rushing touchdown in all three road games that they've played so far this year. And you figure he's the type of guy in a short week that could take advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a bad idea to, to to take a look at him for this particular week, and certainly to stash him moving forward. But it, it it does feel like every week we're saying the same thing: the Ravens need to give him more work. He's their most talented guy. Stash him on your roster, and then he doesn't give you anything of you know significance. Right. Okay, so the, the so list. He, he's he's behind Smallwood for me. He's behind Lewis. He's behind the Raiders guys for this week, just because you don't know what's going to happen. And certainly Marshawn Lynch, who knows how good he'll be moving forward. But and Latavius Murray, but he's there. Okay. Uh, so the list for Jamie of the sixty-five percent owned or fewer is Smallwood, Lewis, Latavius, Jalen Richard slash DeAndre Washington. No, it, it, it's it's case specific. I like Washington better in standard. I like Richard better PPR. Okay. Alex Collins, Matt Forte, Thomas Rawls, and then the Cowboys guys as stashes. Um, do you like Forte better than how how where is Forte in this list in PPR? Because obviously he's better at PPR. He would be third behind, behind Smallwood, who? behind Smallwood and Lewis, ahead of Murray. Yeah, and I think he'd be number one if you're just. Desperate for a running right. back this week. Yeah. yeah, for one week, I certainly could get behind that. Although I do think that Smallwood is going to have a big day against the 49ers. Right. Forte's got that matchup against a team that can't guard pass-catching running backs, the Falcons. That makes some sense. Um, anything else you want I have to say about number this? two running back this week. Dave, you're, you that, like I think I do too. Salmon or not. I, That's I, even a non-PPR. Yeah, he's, uh, he's number three for me, but he's close. Dave, you like Latavius a lot. I think he's got a decent chance to score and grind out a bunch of carries. But based on what though? The Browns have been so good against the Browns have been good against Murray, but their offense is terrible. I like Murray a lot more for rest of the season than I do for this week. Agree. I I think like it was just two or three weeks ago that we thought, well, Latavius is gonna get most of the work and maybe McKinnon will be a thing in PPR. And then McKinnon had a huge game in that very first game. Yeah. But they followed I, it up. A chance McKinnon can go right back. To I think it's a 50-50 split right now. McKinnon we'll played, see who wins it. Played more snaps. McKinnon. It was almost even though, right? By two. Right. So two almost even. But Murray, Murray had a great game. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it makes I, I'm not expecting a hundred yards from Latavius Murray ever again. Like that stunned me. Let's go to wide receivers, uh, and talk about a pretty interesting group because the shallower leagues, you've got Ted Ginn, you've got Marvin Jones, you've got Sterling Shepard who's on a bye. And Jermaine Curse, who's got Atlanta. They've been pretty good against White. Actually, their past defense has been really good at Atlanta's. Ted Ginn, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Jermaine Curse. That's how Jamie ranks it. Heath, Dave, any disagreements here? And, and how much do you like Ted Ginn this week against the Bears? I think I like Ted Ginn based on what his workload has been. Now he's kind of becoming the number two receiver in New Orleans. You make case maybe he's number one. Yeah, that's why I kind of hesitated to say number two because past couple of weeks he's been 
the the most really really good the most incredible part of this whole thing he's got 27 targets this season he's got 22 22 of them them. he hasn't missed a target in three straight games that's unbelievable well that's something that the coaching staff is probably going to notice is he is he a must own ted again oh Oh, yeah yeah. yep yeah all right probably should have led the show with that um he's 67 percent owned and then yeah marvin jones i what do you do because Brutal matchup against the Steelers, but Golden Tate not going to play most likely. What do you think? I, I think Marvin Jones is close to a must own as well. I don't understand why he's sixty nine percent owned with this situation. Um, even if he's not, if you don't use him this week, next week at Green Bay and then Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, then let's go to the wide receivers who are owned in sixty five percent of leagues or less: Josh Doxson, Juju Smith Schuster. Kenny Stills, Muhammad Sanu, that's the top four. Doxton, Smith-Schuster, Stills, and Sanu. Jamie, you want to comment? I mean, Doxton played 80, almost 85% of the snaps. And they want to get him even more involved. Yeah. Gruden was talking him up after the game. And he scored in two of his last four. He had another red zone target. The first red zone target of the game for the Redskins went to him. It was on a sideline route where Cousins threw a bad pass. I don't know if he would have scored if he caught it, but. You see where he's going. I mean, Terrell Pryor was, was non-existent until the fourth quarter of that game. So it's just very, uh, I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I think he's the type of guy that you want to put on your roster that could win you some leagues down the road. This isn't you saying that Doxon is like a guy to grab and start right away because nope. he's going to be amazing. Because the one issue I see is Washington has found that spreading the ball around wins for them. And so I don't know how many games Doxon will have more than five targets. So is there anyone you like better than him long-term? Do you like Smith-Schuster or Kenny Stills better long-term? No, he's the best long-term guy of that group. Because of the upside situation, yes, I, I would agree. I I might I, – there's no evidence for this, but I might take Corey Davis rest of season over Doxon. He's in that same conversation. For sure. I still believe in his because, talent. Right. And not to mention Mariota's talent, the fact that there's a bye week for both of them to rest up and get healthy. And that run game hasn't been what we expected. Yeah. So they're going to have to start throwing more if that doesn't get fixed. What about Jordan Matthews long term? Oh. Jordan Matthews? His schedule is amazing. Yeah, but he had a great matchup this week. Well, he's yeah. coming back from... But uh, three targets. That was three. The bigger problem might be like we talk about how amazing the schedule is. After this week, the Jets are an amazing run matchup. The Saints are amazing run matchup. The Chargers are an amazing run matchup. Their defense is playing pretty well, even despite what happened against Tampa Bay. Even with those great matchups, I'm not sure there's huge volume there for any any receivers. Mm-hmm. And Charles Clay will be back at some point, which would hurt Jordan Matthews in theory. So other guys, if you don't want Doxon or Smith-Schuster or Stills or Sanu, there's Robbie Anderson, uh, there's Jordan Matthews, there's Kenny Galladay, Corey Davis. And then if you just need someone this week, maybe Chris Moore, who had eight targets and a touchdown at Minnesota. He's a Ravens wide receiver. We've talked about it. Macklin and Wallace, they both might be out facing the Dolphins. Chris Moore is a nice sleeper for you. Um, but, yeah, those are mostly we're looking at long-term options here. But Kenny Stills, I mean – 11, 9, 10, and 8 fantasy points in standard scoring leagues in four games last year with Matt Moore. And he had two touchdowns with Matt Moore just just Sunday, just two days ago. So yep. uh, Stills is very interesting. 
Yeah, and if if Parker's out, I think Stills is a good number two receiver. Any yep. interest in um, a Chargers wide receiver this week at New England? You mean besides, besides Keenan Allen? Yeah, they're just dart throws. Right, that's complete Travis and total Benjamin's dart throws definition. Yeah, Benjamin's a dart throw. Tyrell Williams might get a red zone target. Mike Williams might get a red zone target. It's that's... it's Allen, it's Henry, and Gordon. Those are the three main passing yep. options for Rivers. Okay, guys, so we're uh, about out of time. Let's do tight ends and defense here. Tight ends in the shallower leagues, Hunter Henry and Jason Witten. And then in the deeper leagues, and you know we have talked about these guys, but Tyler Croft, Nick O'Leary, Ben Watson. Let's, start, let's stop there because then, the, then Greg Olson is next on Jamie's list as a stash. Croft, O'Leary, Watson. Heath likes A.J. Derby. Um, yeah. Any, Jamie, anything you want to say about those guys? Croft, O'Leary, Watson? No, Croft, good matchup. Uh, like Dave said when he talked about him earlier, targets have been there for him recently. Uh, as Heath alluded to with Nick O'Leary, don't give up on him just because he only had the two targets and two catches for 58 yards. I still think you're going to see him get more involved, and this is a better matchup than he had last week because Oakland's been worse against tight ends. And Watson just may be desperately, desperately needed because of all those injuries to the Ravens wide receiver court. And while he has not been a good fantasy tight end lately, 13 targets in his last two games, 11 catches, 66 yards. If he scores in any of those, right. it's basically Safarian Jenkins. Yeah, I'd put Watson number one in PPR if you're looking for a streamer this week. Are, is there a reason why we're not talking O.J. Howard? I just think that was fluky. I don't expect that to happen again. So he's at the very, very bottom of this list. I would rather have Vernon Davis than him. I'd rather have Jack Doyle than him. I'd rather have the other guys we mentioned. Um, I'm wondering if that performance is going to earn him even more playing time. It might, but even as good as he played, and, and again, you look at the catches and yards, fourth in terms of targets, behind Evans, behind Jackson, behind Brait. I don't know if we're going to see a game like that where they're all producing and then Jackson was a couple catches away from a big, big day. So Brate had still, you know, chance to catch a touchdown. I, I just don't see it sustainable after what we've seen. It might not be list. sustainable, but I think I'd speculate on him. It, if well, streaming tight ends, maybe I take the chance on starting him. I think the but key, I think there's something. We know he's a talented guy. Yes. The key distinction you made there for me, if, if I have a starting tight end and this is just a deep league, and somehow O.J. Howard's not owned. Him. I'd much rather have O.J. Howard on my bench to see if he turns into something than any of the guys we've talked about. Sure, okay. than O'Leary, than right. Croft. But if I have to start else. somebody week this week, I'd much rather start all those guys over Howard. 100%. And then finally, the DSTs. we got the Bengals, uh, we like a lot. The Dolphins, the Bills, and the Saints. Those are the four that we highlighted earlier. The Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Saints. Any interest in the Falcons at the Jets? They almost made the made the cut for me. Yeah, I, I um, again, it's one of those things where it's just it's it's more what we thought was going to happen than the evidence we've seen. But I think there's still some big playability on that defense. Any interest in the Bucks against the Panthers? No. How about the Eagles? Seventy three percent. Surprisingly, not a great fantasy DST, but they're facing the Forty ers Yeah. Eagles or Bengals this week? Bengals, but the Eagles are right behind them for me. All right, guys. Thank you. Very good show. Tomorrow, we'll try to read some emails. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. And we will do some trade talk. Get you ready for the Thursday night game. That's Baltimore and Miami. Can't wait. For Jamie, for Heath, for Dave, I'm Adam. We'll see you later. Bye.